Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders across the entire country. I have a very special couple coming on today, uh, Miss Dr. Sherry Flewellen and JP Flewellen, who uh, have both just recently attended our team building workshop in Omaha. Uh, Sherry's been trying to get on the podcast for a couple of months now. We've had some scheduling conflicts but they are here with us today. I'm so excited to get into this topic and so should you be for our audience mem- audience members that are listening and or watching. Welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to finally make this happen. Yeah, for sure. So we were talking offline about how it's challenging. You know, we're going into 2021 and we're setting our goals and we're thinking about what we want to accomplish and how much money we want to generate and the life we want to live. And more often than not, I feel like people spend about 90% of that time, that mental energy planning focused on their business. And they don't spend a lot of it focused on the things they're actually wanting to do with the money they generate from their business. And I know you and JP have a very successful team in Cheyenne. Um, I know you guys have scaled really well uh, with in the EXP network. And I'm sure uh, things haven't always been easy as you've been married, I think over 20 years, hasn't it been? Yep. Over 20 years. Yeah. Stealing a little of your thunder. I just remember you sharing that with me. So yeah. why don't we get into this first and foremost, everyone listening, you know, most people are running a successful business or aspiring to run a successful business. And this is the team building podcast, but today I don't want the focus to be about how to build successful businesses within like the actual functionality of the business. I want to talk about how to sustain a successful life, a successful marriage, being a successful mother or father or friend or daughter or brother, whatever the case might be while building a successful business. Because I think a lot of people believe the myth that to be successful, you have to sacrifice everything, including your health and spirituality and hobbies, et cetera, et cetera. And you don't. Yeah. So Share with the audience, you know, what, where you guys came from, where you are today, and then we can maybe talk about some situations that have been challenging for you guys and how you were able to overcome that. Yeah, so I'll just give a quick uh, synopsis of my background. So I'm a psychologist um, and as well as a high-performance coach. And uh, so over the past, about 10 years ago, I started a practice. So I had my own business and I grew that and scaled that and had my own team that I was building, team building. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And um, so, so that happened over a period of 10 years. And I got to the point where I realized it just wasn't feeding me emotionally the way I wanted it to. And so I sold that practice. And then JP, meanwhile, was building his own real estate uh, business and team. And so we now are, you know, working on cohesively as much as possible, building that together. And so that's okay. kind of been the journey. We started separate and now we're, we're starting to come together. Okay. And prior uh, your practice that you're referring to Sherry is your more like belt mental health practice, life coaching. Um, yeah. Would that be like, like a psychiatrist or a per- therapist or what would you have called yourself? 
Yes. So I'm a psychologist, a licensed psychologist. And yes, I had a traditional mental health practice. We had about 15 therapists at the peak, um, you know, marriage counselors, social workers, and that sort of thing. And so somebody was depressed or had PTSD, they would come see me. Okay. And so JP, tell us about your real estate business really quick. What did that look like when it started? What's it look like today? And then we'll talk about how you marry those two. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I started in 2010 Um, in 2015, I made several attempts to start a real estate team and the brokerage I was at at that time, just the structure didn't work. So I had to switch brokerages. I, cause I felt like I'd outgrown cause I, we were at, I was at a brokerage that had about 80 agents Mm -hmm. and I worked myself up to the top three agents in the company. And so you get to a certain point where you're like, I don't know what's left in my real estate career. And of course I stumble across the team building podcast and it opened up all these doors for me. I'm sorry. uh, I know. (laughs) Thanks Jeff. I appreciate that. (laughs) So now you started getting all my wheels turning. And of course, so I go to my brokerage and I'm like, here's what I want to do. Here's what needs to happen in order for me to build a real estate team. I don't feel like I want to own a brokerage at this point. Um, And so I mentioned the word teams and they just lost their minds because they didn't know what a team was. (laughs) And they're like, that's an unauthorized brokerage. Oh my gosh. Exactly. (laughs) So it got to the point where I'm like, okay, I got to figure out something else. And we didn't have any other options at the time other than EXP that was conducive for teams. Yep. So I just jumped ship, went over to EXP, built a team. What Um, year was that? uh, Just two years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was pretty recent. It's really interesting. Just taking a a quick pause here. Um, I have a quote that I love to stand behind and I say it all the time. And there's these moments like this where I like to share it. It's simple. True leaders serve their followers by giving them the ability and enabling them, empowering them, motivating them to become just like them. But the traditional broker, if you want to know if it's traditional, you know, we say, don't be basic, be elite. The traditional brokerage does not give you the model to become a broker within the brokerage, which is essentially the team model. They actually don't want that to happen because they lose leverage and they lose the ability to then send you to the ancillary businesses that are actually their major money makers. So you broke away. Congratulations as one of the top three agents in your in your office. So that was great. And you joined DXP, which is a, an awesome virtual model. And you can have a physical office if you want. So talk to, talk to us about the last two years and what that looks like. Yeah, so um, I started my team uh, November of 2018. Um, we scaled out. Uh, we, I basically had four agents jump onto my team almost immediately. Did any um, of them come from the last brokerage? Uh, one of them did. Okay. And then we recruited uh, another one that was already at EXP. They just wanted to be part of a team. And then we recruited two brand new agents like right away. So within the first four months, we were cranking pretty well. Mm -hmm. We ended um, that first year, 113 transactions for 34 million in production. And that's 18? And that was 20, not, well, 2018 and to the end of 2019. Okay. That first 12 months. And then- Um, this year, we're going to end the year at about 150 transactions for about 46 million. Oh, that's so, great growth. That's a 25% yeah. growth. Can't yeah. ask for much more than that. No. So what would you attribute that growth to? Uh, just being, having and treating your real estate business as a business mm-hmm. and realizing that um, there are other options than being a solo agent and um, having good systems in place. And part of those systems were joining ERS 
and, and helping us be very focused and organized and that there are different aspects to your business that you might not be thinking about, like mm-hmm. uh, coaching, training, accountability, having, um, being organized with that. Because I think most realtors, their biggest problems in their business is just not knowing what categories to be focusing on because all they're focusing on is getting leads and selling houses and, yep. you know, and they just get confused and they're like, it's just this like garbled mess. And, you know, if you're part of the disc profile and you're a high D and a high I, you're not very organized and you need somebody in your life to be that way. So, (laughs) so JP, you're the high D I Sherry, you have a lot of I too. I'd get to you like an IS probably. I am slightly uh, higher than middle on I, but honestly um, I'm the biggest C and then, then just a little bit below that is an S. So we are almost polar opposites in our personality. Yep. And that's the same relationship I have with my wife. And it's interesting, my first hire, one of my first uh, hires, my leverage position was Kevin, who you got to meet at the workshops the last two times. And he's he came on as an operations manager and he's a 99S, 99C. And I'm a 99D, 99I. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we've lost you. Um, if you haven't taken the DISC personality test, we don't get anything for promoting this. I actually think I'll send you, I think it's still on the Tony Robbins website, I believe for free. Just Google DISC assessment and DISC yourself and then DISC your significant other, DISC your kids, DISC your parents. It's really fun. It takes 10 minutes, but it kind of categorizes people into four dominant traits and a secondary trait, but it gives you your natural state, like what you are naturally. And then what you are, I'd call it pretend. I don't know what they call it on there, but what you are, (laughs) what you typically act like when you're out and about in front of other people. And it'll talk to you about how to interact with people. So a lot of us use that personality review or assessment to number one, know how to interact with people within the office. And then number two, know how to interact with our clients. And it helps you kind of just functionally know what role you play. So really quick with being the DI JP, and then we'll kind of talk into how you two (laughs) married in both different senses. Um, what role do you play within your team right now? And then what role do you want to play within your team looking forward? So right now um, I I'm playing the, uh, the rainmaker team leader, rock star um, on a stage. Star, yes. And, okay. and the whole, he actually enjoys being the rock star, both figuratively <laughs> and literally. So it's going to be hard to rip him out of that role. Yep. We get, we get a lot of valid validity from that role and it makes us feel good about ourselves and yep. typically high eyes like the pat on the back and like words of affirmation. Hey, JP, you're doing such a great job. And your hat looks really cool. Your beard looks great. <laughs> I love your sweater. You're, you have a beautiful wife. Your house is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so JP, how do we get you out of the Rainmaker role and more into the seventh level uh, CEO role and let other people be the rock stars? So, um, and I've had actually taken some steps towards that. Um, so like from a lead gen perspective, so we do like Zillow and, you know, all the other Facebook and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I've given 100% of those leads to my agents. Okay, good. Um, so I don't take on any, any of that stuff. My biggest issue is I have some of my own leads I'm working with mm-hmm. that, um, uh, are a little bit more difficult to hand off to the team. So I wouldn't really be able to do that very easily. No one else could ever work those leads. I know. So for our listeners right now, who is guilty? Raise your hand. You're in the car. You're working out of the gym. Just put your hand in the air. No one else could work that lead. You're the only one that could convert them. It's a tough couple or it's a million dollar buyer or seller. There's no right. way you're handing it off to someone else. That would be impossible. So I was in that boat in 2014, six years ago, I was still servicing sellers. Um, in 2011, I actually retired from buyers because buyers are nightmares. And I just referred them off to other people at a 50% referral fee. And my goal was just double the buyer leads that I generated from my sphere and 
give them off to the agents and I'll make the same amount of money. It's that simple people. So refer these people off on the listing side as well. And you don't have to refer it off at 50%. You can charge 75%. You can pay somebody a salary. There's no rule that it has to be a 50-50 split. It shouldn't be a 50-50 if you're giving them teed up leads, but I get it. Um, I have taken deals in the last 12 months that were uh, close family friends and I felt like I should be the one representing them, but I still didn't do all of the administrative work and I'm sure you're not doing the administrative side either. All right, let's talk about the marriage. Let's first talk about your actual marriage. So where you guys met and what this experience has been like, what I want to get into is that some of the raw um, challenging times in your guys' relationship. Cause I know if it's anything like my marriage, I've been married 17 years. I'm a DI. She's an SC as well. Just like Kevin 99 S 99 C. And we have differed on everything. Like literally pick a topic. We have opposite positions on every topic. I mean, and <laughs> are so you gonna have any more kids? Or are you done having kids? Exactly. She's having, <laughs> she's having more. I'm done. <laughs> How is that working out for yeah, exactly. you? <laughs> so, um, well, let's start in the beginning. Where'd you guys meet? What's, what's your story really quick? So we actually met at church. Okay. Um, we were in youth group together. Yeah. Um, I what was year? 14, she was 14. Oh, like early nineties. Dang. Like, I know. Uh, yeah. What's up, so, Cheyenne? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't in Wyoming. We've only oh. been in Wyoming about 14 years. Where was it? Uh, frozen, frozen North of North Dakota. What's frozen North? Well, it's it, North Dakota is like. Is just, there a city called Frozen? No, 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 no. But it should be. Yes. Okay. You know, you really need so to let some, it go. Some right? random city. They don't even want to reference it on the show. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you fall in love in youth group. You end up marrying each other. Uh, when do you guys realize how different you are? Like, when do you actually self confront? You're like, holy cow, we're like the opposite. Oh no, it was way before college. Well, okay, maybe. <laughs> Sherry noticed. It's her story. It's it's not mine. Her it's, truth. I mean, part of what attracted me to, to him, and this is often what I've, I mean, I've, I've done marital counseling for years and years and years, and I've got a master's in marriage and family therapy. So I love talking to couples and helping them through stuff. Ooh, you're getting talked to today. I know. Welcome um, to Dr. Jeff Cohn's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. Yeah. And what's interesting is often it, the opposites attract initially. It's, it's the like, Ooh, it's exciting mm. and new, but then once the relationship settles in, mm. it's those differences that then start becoming so irritating. in the beginning. And I've listened in to a lot beginning. of podcasts on relationships and I've read books on this and I've been to counseling myself. Um, I literally by myself and with my spouse and been to marriage retreats. So I've got a little of experience on this topic and I'm sure our listeners will find this very interesting because I don't go super personal very often. In the beginning, what was one of the, the stories, uh, maybe defining moment, Sherry, where you like could not live with JP? You were like, I cannot stay with this man. And I know we all in our relationships have this moment, especially yeah. people that are such polar opposites. I know I, had a, I have stories I can share as well. But for yeah. you guys, what was one of your first experiences where you're like, I don't know if I can do this? Okay, so for me, because that instantly came to mind. So for me, this young, immature man that I was attracted to because he was very gregarious and right. everybody loved him. Um, but he was super flirty Ooh, and I flirt. was super insecure. Mm -hmm. And so he triggered my insecurity buttons all the time. Um, and, you know, I'll even out him and say that there was this one girl that he kind of liked. And so he was like, well, can I date her in the week? And then you on the weekend? <laughs> Nice, so, JP. Yeah, that was that was not a smart move. So what <laughs> things not to do. Hopefully we have really young people on the show. Right, right. <laughs> I've learned don't tell your wife who you have a crush on. 
Yeah. Uh, don't tell your wife who's pretty. Just keep, just don't talk about it. Just keep yeah. that off the list, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so, all right, um, so you start re- yeah. recognize this about yourself. And so you realize, oh my gosh, I have a lot of work to do. I'm super insecure and I need yep. to probably be open enough with my spouse, which is not easy to share with them some of the challenges that I feel like I'm experiencing. And maybe we can figure this whole thing out together. And I know I've met JP several times. He's still super flirty. He's still <laughs> super immature, just <laughs> like me. He likes to just have fun and be, be a kid. So Sherry, you had a lot of growing up to do to be able to make it work with JP. So talk about that journey for a minute. Yeah. So, um, you know, and really it's, we, we both grown up significantly. He still has that core personality, but I have shared with him enough over the years of like, okay, when you, when we're in like, for example, when we're in a group and, and you, uh, don't, uh, kind of reach out or, or include me in something that mm-hmm. that will trigger insecurities and different things mm-hmm. like that. So, so it's been really a, a process of understanding what, yeah, what they, what you need other. and yeah. learning for yourself, what you need <clears throat> um, spatially. I find this very interesting for someone that's more insecure. And I wouldn't even say insecure someone that's an SC, they are introverted, but they still want to be included and it's yeah. hard to include an introvert. And so physically, I will include my wife by placing her in a position at a table or at around a campfire where she's in the circle. She doesn't have to interact, but just the very fact that she's physically in the circle makes her not feel left out. And it's such an easy move that we as high DI sometimes don't even think about it. We're like, oh, we're just having fun. They're having fun. Oh, I haven't talked to my wife in three hours. What's she up to? And she's off in the corner crying about it, right? <laughs> well, Jeff, can I just say kudos to you for recognizing? No, thank you. Small, small, but big oh, yeah. way. Exactly. It's and it you know I think ultimately at the end of the day that's what it's about is being able to be vulnerable with each other and share like hey this really hurt me or this is how I'm feeling in this kind of situation and then for the other person to remember that which is huge uh, you know and help accommodate so there's the individual growth that happens of course but then there's supporting and helping each other grow which is hugely important. Cool. I'll share my story and then JP you get to share one of yours. Sure. So I come from a family that processes everything. So like literally like you guys were out of my house a couple weeks ago. Anyone that comes to the workshop, you spend the last day at my house. There's actually group workouts in the mornings. And then a lot of people that skip that will come to a dinner party. After the dinner party, the after hour parties around the fire pit, just hang out, have drinks, whatever, um, and sit around the fire. So um, why was I sharing all of this? Oh yeah. So I like to process things. So just like at that event, when we're just sitting there kind of processing the day, I'd ask for feedback, how the workshop go. This has just been my, like one of my strategies my whole life. I like to process every little thing. And I remember going to like a family event or something, some type of an event with my wife. We either were dating or had just gotten married. And obviously every time we leave the house, we get in the car, it's time to process every single thing. And we didn't have a fight about it, but she had this moment where she's like, why do you always want to process everything? And I had never been challenged on it my whole life. I just processed everything. And I was like, what do you mean? Why do I want to process everything? And maybe that's not a high DI personality trait. I don't know, but it's just who I was and who I still am and who I like to be. But for her, it felt trite, like, like, like high school, immature. Like, why do you have to process every little thing? For me, it was enjoyable to end an event and then talk about it for a while and not just end and move on to the next thing and not think about it. I'm sure that attribute has um, helped my businesses be successful because everything I, every interaction I leave with any person, I'm like, how could I have done better? What did I do wrong? You know, how could I improve? What did I do right? So it was the first time where I was like, wow, she's really different than me. Like that's a big part of who I am processing things and thinking through processes and talking to somebody about it. And so I had to decide, you know, am I just going to make her suffer through the processing? Am I going to keep that in my own mind or am I going to find someone else to process it with? And I think throughout the last 20 years, I've just done a little of all three. 
she'll still process things, but I can tell she's not excited to process it with me. And so I was able to self-actualize like, okay, this isn't, this isn't who she is. So like, there's a lot of times, and I bet a lot of people listening probably feel the same where like your day ends and I get home and we'll have family dinner. So it'll be seven o'clock and that's the time I'm now processing. So I'm taking, I get up at five in the morning, work out, go to the office, have these calls, texts, emails all day long. It's just, it's crazy. I sit down at family dinner and we have three kids, my wife and I, and we're eating and I'm, I'm literally looking sp- off into space. My whole day is a real playing through every meeting, every conversation, like subconsciously it's just reeling through. And Andrea and my wife will be like, what are you doing? Like, what do you, what do you, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm in my 11 a.m. meeting with this comment somebody made. I'm in my 1.30. Like, I'll tell people like exactly what am, I, what am I process. So that's been an interesting journey. And then learning how to show up and actually be present at dinner and process later or build time into my day for 30 minutes to meditate or process things is how I was able to overcome that. All right, JP, how about you? Or do you have a comment, Jerry, on that? You Are yeah, we going to have a counseling gonna... session for a minute? <laughs> I'm scared to let ask. you talk. Nope, Sherry can't talk. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just teasing you. Which of your kids are more like you and which of your kids are more like your wife? My son is just like me from a DI standpoint. Um, and I didn't do that just because he's a male and no, we're the same. He is just like me, built just like me, has the same personality traits. Um, my daughter has my deep thinking. So she's very, very deep, a deep thinker, but she's an introvert, which is really interesting. And my second daughter um, is really outgoing and fun, um, but is opposite of me when it comes to work ethic. She's all about fun. And so she's like a super high eye. So we're all three kids are different. That's awesome. Which is interesting, right? Like I never knew that going into having kids. Like I thought they'd all be like me, but of course they're not going to turn out like you in <laughs> every case. Thank goodness. <laughs> they'll they'll want to be just like their dad. Duh. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Yeah. So um for me, um Sherry early on in our marriage, Sherry was very, um, she kind of just, you know, was basically, I was the fun dad all the time. And I thought, you know, as long as it's fun, you know, raising kids is always going to be fun. And Sherry always had to be like the, you know, the house parent all the time and be like, you know, and, um, so after a while I started to build up resentment because there was times where I felt like my decisions weren't, were very being discounted. Mm-hmm. And so, and this probably went on for probably the first eight years of our marriage. And um, there was a pinnacle moment where, we, you know, Sherry felt like she didn't want to make all the decisions all the time either. And she felt like she was in a position where she was being the dad, basically. And so basically, I had to come to grips with like, you know, it's not all fun and games when you're, you know, and so I had to get to a point where um, I had to start stepping up and making some of the tough decisions around the house. And she would be like, well, let's consult on this. And then, you know, but ultimately she said, you know, we want to take a more traditional approach from parenting and that, you know, if you're strong, feeling strong about a decision, like I'm going to back you on that, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> and, um, and so that was really tough because I was like, okay, is this a psychology play here? Or are you actually allowing me to make a decision? You know, right. and so yeah. those were, those were some tough, tough couple of years to try to get through that. And then of course, my wife is the analyzer. I'm the, at the end of the day, I'm done. Right. You yeah. know, and so Sherry wants to do the debriefing and, you know, let's, let's figure out how we can tease out all the value that we've got throughout mm-hmm. the day. And she's, she finds value in, you know, sitting down and, and really debriefing every day. Yep. 
And Sherry, why don't you just call me next time? I know, right? <laughs> we'll be debriefed. Let's process time. this. So JP, it's funny when you said that about having fun, I'm the exact same dad. Like I'm, I'm the uncle. I'm not the dad, right? <laughs> so my wife had to assume both those roles. And for those listening, you know, how many of us choose to kind of let our spouse play both roles and we're really stealing an opportunity to be a real true parent. If your kids always like you and they're always happy around you, you're probably not the best parent. So I have a daughter right now, Bella, who's our second daughter. Um, she's in seventh grade. She's crying every night about a cell phone. She wants a cell phone, but we already made the decision. All three of our kids will get phones when they go into eighth grade. Um, society right now is buying phones in kindergarten. So we're pretty old school, like seven years late to the, to the, to the show. She claims everyone has a phone except for her. And it makes me so happy to see her upset. Like, I don't need to be the nice guy. Like it makes me like feel better about myself that my daughter's mad about it. And like, I don't feel bad at all. I have no empathy. I didn't have a phone until after college. Obviously I was, I'm born in 81, but like, I didn't have a phone. You don't need a phone, but in the, in the kid's world, they do. Cause that's how they stay connected. And she has a device. She has an iPad with internet. So she's getting everything. Literally she can have phone calls on her device, but it's not cool. Cause she can't put it in her pocket. Like she feels like a dork. Like she's not going to bring the iPad to school. So anyways, that's my little experience. I get the, the fun role. And I think a lot of couples identify with one of those roles or the other. So to create the value for the listeners up to this point, if you guys have made it this far, I'm excited that you're still here with us. Um, <laughs> it's a weird podcast. It's, a, it's interesting and I like it. And I think it needs to be talked about more often. It's probably would have a position to be its own podcast, how to build an elite family or something like that. Mm -hmm. The family building podcast. I don't want to host that one. Sherry needs to start that one. <laughs> So how do we as like highly driven, doesn't matter if you're DIS or C, you're just super driven. People that are listening to this, obviously are wanting to better themselves. We're looking at setting goals for next year for our business. I always tell people, start off with your why, what kind of life do you want to live? And then figure out your key performance indicators to generate the income to live the life. Most people say, spend more time with family, go on trips, put money away for college. Like we have all these activities that we name haphazardly, but we're not actually doing it day to day. You don't need to make a hundred grand a year to go to the park with your son right? You don't need to make 75 grand a year to walk your dog. So like, if you have stuff on your vision board, like see the sun come up, that's going to be stuff you can build in. But for everyone that wants to have a stronger relationship with their significant other or stronger relationship with their parents, stronger relationship with their kids, what would you give everyone listening? Like as far as tips, maybe two or three winning strategies that you've seen in all of the counseling that you've been through. Uh, well, first of all, one of the books that I always, always, always recommend, and I feel like somebody, whether it was you or some of the other people at these trainings that, you know, I've been a part of over the past couple months have mentioned it, but it's uh, the five love languages. I think that is, is pivotal because basically what it does is the author, Dr. Gary Chapman breaks down this idea that there are five different ways in which we receive or give love. And when you can understand what your own language is or the language of your spouse, then you're able to actually be more efficient and effective in your attempts at showing affection. And so, um, you know, so, so for example, two of them are, um, there's uh, gifts and there's acts of service. Now, if JP's um, love language was acts of service, meaning like if I would give him a back rub or if I would cook him dinner, he would feel super loved by that. Well, maybe that's not mine. And if I'm like, oh, I love gifts. So I bring home, I don't know, I bring home a meal one day or something like that, right. or, or do something like, he may not really pay much attention to that. And here I'm right. thinking, I'm like filling up his love bank and he's like, mm -hmm. you know, and so, Thanks. so it's really, <laughs> it's really getting on the same page and understanding yep. how to be more efficient 
in yeah. what you're actually let's, doing. Let's name them quick. I, and I read this book. This is one of the books. I think we listened to it on tape or CD yes. back in like 2005. Um, and it was really funny. And I can talk about it in a second, but I, uh, when we first got the book, I was looking at the intro and it was saying the five love languages and it went to list the five love languages. And I assumed each page would be one language, but they had listed all five on one page. And I said audibly to my wife, oh, that's my love language. Assuming <laughs> that all five was one language and then it was going to be the next page and there'd be five more things. And then the next page. So when I saw it, it's physical touch, uh, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and uh, what's the last one? Affirmation. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Yep. Which, by the way, is my number one. Yeah. That's why I joked with JP. I bet that's his number one. Yeah. How great! How great he is! You're so awesome, JP. Seriously. Oh. Thank you for thank you for being here. You as well. You're the best. You have the best podcasts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Your trainings are bar oh, none. Amazing. Coaching is yeah. amazing. Number one in the country. I mean, I mean, yeah. watching you flip over tires. Oh and, my you know, I mean, it's just like, wow, like beast mode. <laughs> so I think <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. So I do throw that thing around though. Yeah, you all do. Right. So I think the point to take from the book, if you guys have read it or haven't read it, it's all about self-awareness. Too often, we don't truly look at like, what does someone else actually want? We've been taught the golden rule and I'll steal from Michael Mayer's book, Seven Levels of Communication. Have you guys read that book? Oh, he I talks about it. the platinum rule and the platinum rule is way better than the golden rule. Golden rule is do unto others as you'd like others to do unto you, which Sherry just shared with us is wrong. Because if you're a person that wants gifts and your significant other just keeps giving you words of affirmation, then because that's what they want and they're following the golden rule, it's not gonna fill your love bank. But what the platinum rule is, is to do unto others as others would like done unto them. And it is a deep thought. Think about this as we service people. Don't do for them what you would want done for you, even though that seems like the right decision. Take it a next, uh, the next step further and self-actualize and ask yourself, what would they actually truly want? And you can learn a lot about a person you've never met by going to their social media. So I know what kind of gifts they like, what kind of movies they like, what kind of you know, restaurants they'd want gift cards to based on their social media feeds, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. And now I can do for them what they want, not what, what I want. And I think that that comes up a lot in marriage. So like tonight, for example, like what does my wife need tonight? Even though normally let's say it was words of affirmation, but maybe tonight she couldn't make dinner and would want some help with that. I need to take the two seconds to process what does she need tonight? And I actually think all of us would have much better relationships, much better relationships with our employees, the people that we impact, our coaching clients, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If we just would take one minute to say, what do they need right now? Yeah. So when people, I interact with people every day and every person I interact with, I take a moment to ask myself, what do they need? Like when they ask me something or engage with me, I think, what do they need for me? And when they, when they say something, I'll think, what answer are they wanting me to give? What kind of engagement are they wanting to receive instead of just doing the traditional? So and so what I hear you talking about with that, Jeff, is you're, you're being super um, proactive in your relationships. Um, one of the things I see a lot with entrepreneurs, I mean, being an entrepreneur, owning your own business, running a real estate team, whatever that is, it's like there's so many things coming at you all day, every day. And if you don't create the habit of taking a little bit of time, even if it's one minute um, throughout the day to be intentional about what you're doing next and, you know, being proactive in some of these relationships completely, you'll, you'll miss, you'll miss these opportunities. So sure. it's about cultivating the habit of intentionality and being present and, and kind of having these thoughts throughout the day. I love it. There was a story um, I heard at church a couple years ago and they were talking about the biblical story 
that's called the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. A lot of people know the parable of the Good Samaritan. And the thing that I found really interesting about this particular parable is, um, and I'll ruin the story if I try to retell the story. So I'm not going to tell the story, but the idea of the story was that some, a lot of people were passing by this person that was injured on the ground. They were just laying on the street. So using a modern world example, someone's on the street hurt and no one's stopping. And this particular person that uh, came up to this, this individual that's on the street who was known to be an enemy of this person, and they decided to help them. But what was interesting about the story wasn't the fact that the person chose to help them, because any of us can do that. It was the fact that they had built a world in which they could help them. Financially, they could help them. They had the time to help them. And then they have the heart and the desire to do so. And so as all of us as leaders and husbands and wives and family members and et cetera, et cetera, think about the world we're in as you pointed out the way that I treat other people as an entrepreneur, have we created space in our world to not just always be on the defense and actually be able to be on the offense so we can create true impact and influence in the lives of those in which we interact? Because if we're always so busy being the rock star, go running from appointment to appointment, I'm so busy, pa, 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 pa. We're never truly our best self for anyone. And I think that that cultivates, or that's pretty much an accumulation of everything that I feel like we need to bring to the table to make our relationships better. It's creating space literally for that relationship to, to, to grow. Absolutely. And as a, as an entrepreneur, one of the most important aspects um, to, to pay attention to as you're, you're building yourself in your dreams is, is how much influence do you actually have in your life? Whether it's influence in the home, but also influence at work, influence with friends, influence on social media. And one of the critical components of influence is a relationship. I mean, they, they have to like you, they have to trust you. And, you know, of course, social media, that looks different than the guy down the street, yep. but it's, it still requires that relationship and that I love relationship it. requires intentionality. Yeah. And let, let me propose this. And I always try to take it deeper and deeper, like in my mind, as I think through things, everything I always have thought about, and this is a new revelation I'm having right now on the podcast. I've always thought about creating impact influence for other people. Who do I have relationships with where I've opened up a door because of the relationship with them to allow them to impact and influence me? I've been so focused on how do I create impact and influence for other people, but how am I getting impacted and influenced? And obviously if I self-actualize and look at it, I could give you examples, but we have to be able to not only build that relationship to provide impact and influence, but also be willing to open those channels up with others who can create impact and influence for us and be willing to take that and not be so proud that we're not willing to learn and change. Yes. And to bring that into the marriage, uh, there's a lot of uh, marriage research on, you know, what, what are the, you know, what are the top three or the five or whatever things that make marriage work. And one of the things that we know reliably increase or uh, contributes to a healthy marriage is accepting influence from your spouse. And interestingly, women just naturally tend to accept more influence from their husband. And so it's actually more critical that the husband's be intentional and open to accepting influence from their wife. Mm. So that's extremely important in a healthy marriage. Awesome. Well, share share an example of what that might look like. Maybe this could be based on a past client of yours. <laughs> I'll let JP answer, answer this one. When All right. Then there have been an opportunity where you've accepted my influence. Cause that, that isn't, that isn't easy. Like I'll speak from my perspective of being seventh level and have all these businesses and I'm the, I'm the guy, right. Making all the decisions, calling the shots, pop, 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 pop. And uh, it's hard when my significant other wants to teach me. I have a very hard time with that. Like, I'm like, if you saw what I did today, you know, I was so busy and I, I accomplished so much and I'm crushing it. And I come home and I 
didn't do a good job. Like I, I don't even know an example. It could be washing. Like I screwed up trying to take a stain out of a sweatshirt recently. Um, I didn't, I, I like didn't scrub it enough or something. She wasn't even mad at me about it, but that's like an example where it's like, I didn't take her instruction. I just went and tried to do it really quick and messed it up. So I don't know if you've got something JP where like you weren't willing to learn. I think that's really good advice, Sherry. And I do agree for a, a healthy marriage to be able to take instruction both directions. Um, so this hits home pretty recently. Um, <laughs> yes. Earlier today. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're working through some things right now um, on accepting some influence. Um, we, uh, since I've been running my real estate team for a couple of years, um, you know, we've been slowly kind of trying to systematize our onboarding process. Mm -hmm. And um, Sherry has brought a lot of uh, ideas to the table and me being, you know, high D, high I, you know, trying to like take that and implement it like today um, has been a challenge. And so, um, you know, we're working through some, some influences and challenges right now in our, in our building our real estate team. And okay. so this is um, great. So, so in, in, and at the end of the day, like here, if there's one takeaway, like for me that I've learned over the years is that there are days that you don't like each other, but at the end of the day, you still got to love each other. And well, and not liking people is okay. It is. It <laughs> I mean, is. honestly, like I give everyone listening permission. Like I used to think like, Oh, everything's always has to be perfect in every relationship, your agents, your employees, your direct reports, your parents, your kids, nothing's ever always perfect. If it's always perfect, then you're not living a, your best life. There always should be push and pull, but a healthy push and pull. Yep. Yeah. So my solution um, to that sentiment of Sherry presenting all these solutions to all your problems and you not listening and implementing <laughs> the changes, which is the problem for a lot of our listeners is the book, the five, uh, five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni. Cause the solution probably is that JP's not going to do it, but JP can hire someone to do it or JP can allow you to do it, Sherry. And this is why I brought in an SC in Kevin McGowan to come in to do all of our operations. Cause there's all these things I needed to be doing. I knew I needed to be doing them cause I'm a deep thinker. I just didn't want to do them because I'm a high D. And so I was like, well, I don't have to do everything. And so this is the way I solve all my problems in my life. I'm like, Oh, I'll have someone do it. Like, I don't, why, why would I do it? And um, that doesn't always work with leveraging like my relationship with my kids and my wife and right. you know, personal fitness. relationships. Can't leverage everything, right? <laughs> yeah. And that goes down like the quality time and you know, that one, you can't hire someone to raise your kids for you. So if you didn't know that, just putting that out there. But I think that um, there's probably space right now for JP to be more willing to hire someone or create some leveraged role in some way or allow you, Sherry, to, to step into a role um, that is necessary for that business to grow. And most importantly, for JP to step out of the Rainmaker role, which a lot of people feel like they're stuck in. Um, and one of the reasons people feel stuck in that role is they don't believe someone else can take on the responsibilities that they're, they're working on. And the reason that truly people don't step out is they're not willing to put in the work and the effort that's necessary to find their replacement, train their replacement and hold their replacement accountable. And so perfect segue into elite real estate systems. Uh, we launched in 2017 organically. We actually started in 2014. A lot of people don't know this story. I'll share it today. Uh, we started organically because our real estate team went from 70 to 425 sides in three years. 
which was just insane growth in a very, very short amount of time. And that's the trajectory that I think that you guys are on right now. And the reason it grew so fast is I added agents. I stepped out of the buyer's side. I added training. I added accountability. I added leads. And then I just rinsed and repeated, rinsed and repeated. And so we had people from all over the country wanting to come visit Omaha. And so we started a formal event called the the team building workshop. And we charged $3,000 to come to it. And we had hundreds and hundreds of people come. Well, what do you think they all asked for when they left? There was no upsell. They'd come to my event. Hey, thanks for coming. See you later. High five. I'm running a real estate team. And they said, I need coaching. And we're like, we don't want to do coaching. Oh, that sounds horrible to have to coach someone. <laughs> I don't want to coach anyone one-on-one. And so I was like, what, what if we did group coaching? Like, what if we threw cameras on our walls and just did team leader group coaching and did agent group coaching? So um, Elite Real Estate Systems coaching was born in 17, but the workshop started in 14, podcast started in 15. And now to this day, we're still doing workshops. So our next workshop's in January. Uh, I think it's the last week in January on the 24th or 25th. You can go find out more information about all upcoming events in 2021 on our website, EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Click on events. We also have a workshop in March. And then we have our huge event, the Team Building Summit. And I'm going to see if I can get Sherry to come and speak at the Team Building Summit to the entrepreneurs that are in the room to help us strengthen our relationships, our marriages, outside of just building our real estate businesses. Because I believe if we're living and leading the life of our dreams outside of our businesses, it will make our businesses grow and flourish and we will be truly successful. So please, if you've never come out to a workshop, come out and join us. It's a two day, two and a half day event uh, with happy hours and dinners and workouts um, and crazy high level content on building and scaling teams as well as investing in real estate. And I know, Sherry, you just got back from a second one. You went to, uh, I think both the September and October team building workshops. So we had one of those unique opportunities where we actually could find somebody to watch our kids. So we both got to go to the one in September and it was so good. It was one full day on investing and that's that's really where part of my passion is, is real estate investing. And we've been doing that for about 14 years. And then the second full day was all about team building. And so it was really the perfect marriage, to use that word again, perfect marriage of curriculum. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I loved it so much that I was like, okay, I'm going to go back next month because I don't, we had already worked on implementing some of the things and I'm like, okay, now, you know, I've got new barriers, new questions, new perspectives. So it was amazing. So, I mean, awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been great to host you guys. And I know you're also, as you mentioned earlier, um, elite real estate systems, team leader clients. So it's a thousand dollars a month to be a team leader client. It gives you four Thursday sessions. They're one hour long, 30 minutes of content, 30 minutes of Q and A. And then it gives you unlimited seats for your agents to attend eight hours of agent topics every month. So each week we do a Monday and a Wednesday. Mondays are topical. Wednesdays are dialogue training that goes along with the topic. So net total, how does that all add up? I think we're at 12 hours of content and you get one-on-ones essentially in a group setting. You can ask questions. I'm on all the Thursday high-level calls. So we have a great community. I think we're almost up to hundred team leader clients right now. So it's a great group on Zoom. We usually have about 30 or 40 live. And then of course, if you miss the live, you can watch the recording. They're all in our library. They're all searchable too. There's tags on every single training. So you can go in and pick any topic and it'll populate two or three different trainings on that topic. So to learn more about our elite real estate systems coaching product, go out to ersdemocall.com. You can actually set up a custom one-on-one call with our director of growth, Matt Peterson, um, or you just go out to the website. We have a fun little two-minute cartoon we created that kind of explains the program. Just go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com, learn more on the team leader front. All right. How do we want to close this thing down? Uh, referrals for Cheyenne. If someone wants to do one-on-one coaching with Dr. Sherry Fluellen, how can people get in touch with you guys? So my website is drsherrycoaching.com. 
D-R-S-H-E-R-I coaching.com. Um, I particularly specialize in working with agents and real estate investors. Um, and, it, you know, I'm a high performance coach. It's a lot of what I do is just helping people implement the habits and the mindsets that are necessary to actually achieve what it is that you're working on achieving. And um, so it's a, it's a whole life approach. And uh, yeah. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can just email me james.fluellen at gmail.com or you can call Call or text 307-772-1184. Dang, like a rock star just throws his number out there. Hopefully that's your personal mobile. Text him at two in the morning. If you guys are interested in EXP, I know there's a lot of people still wondering and wanting to know more. Please reach out to JP. He's been running model at at EXP now for over two years, having a ton of success up in Cheyenne. Uh, He'd be a great person for you guys to to reach out to. And then, of course, um, sponsor you if you did decide to get into EXP. Awesome. All right, you guys. Well, you were great guests. This was an interesting um, event today. I, I would like to do more of this. Uh, I, I don't know if our audience members have noticed, but I've, I'm talking a lot less about team building. Uh, we have hundreds of episodes. So if you guys want more team building episodes, start over and watch it all again. I want to talk about things that are changing people's lives. So obviously this plays into building a successful team, but I don't think that we focus enough on this stuff. Um, it starts off, we all want to know how to sell real estate. We want to get more leads. We want to get more listings. We want to work more buyers. And then you're like, I don't want to do that anymore once you've done hundreds, if not thousands of transactions. I want to teach other people to do that. And then it's like, how do I help those other people live and lead their best life? Um, the last book recommendation, if you're still listening, is The Dream Manager. Sherry, have you read that one yet? No, but it's on my list ever since okay. you told me about it. It's, it's an awesome book, you guys. Um, just like Sherry offers coaching to help um, anyone that needs help getting, you know, navigating this thing we call life. It is the idea that it, as a leader, it's your responsibility to provide those that follow you with a dream manager. And you can call it a life coach, a mentor, an accountability man- manager, whatever you want to call it, but giving someone that person that's in their world every week that cares about them, you know, talking about opening that door of relationships and allowing the impact and influence to come. Um, somebody that had a janitorial company based on this book had 700 employees and he was having retention issues. And the book talks about how he discovered that by creating a dream manager role inside of his organization to help the people that were working in that organization that were making $10 an hour become the best versions of themselves. Even if that meant that they needed to leave his organization to go off and pursue other ventures. Uh, he, he recognized that his company grew and it's that abundant mindset versus that scarcity mindset. So I would invite anyone listening up, up to this point to go and grab that book, The Dream Manager. Um, of course, we talked about the love, uh, five love languages. We talked about the five dysfunctions of a team. We talked about the seven levels of communication. So four great book recommendations. Uh, would love to see you guys at an upcoming workshop in January or March. Would love to see you at the Team Building Summit. Sherry's going to be speaking, I hope. I'm not going to have to pay for your airlines, am I? Or your hotel? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it might be a we'll little negotiation that we'll happens about it. <laughs> so really looking forward to that as well. And, uh, just hope everyone's safe and enjoying this crazy time, um, with election season and, uh, the pandemic. I know it's crazy in everyone's worlds and no one really knows what's going to happen, but I promise you will wake up tomorrow. Uh, you will live to see another day. There will be houses to be sold. There will be houses to be acquired and rented out. The market's not going away. I think inflation's going to hit. Everyone that I know that's really smart um, in the real estate space believes all homes are going to go up in value. I heard yesterday, a good buddy of mine, Dustin Griffith, posted on his Facebook in Denver, Colorado, that they had no listing inventory for several days. There's no homes listed oh my in gosh. Denver. That's I, don't know, I don't know what the price point is, or it might be his county, but there's literally no houses. He's like, well... What, uh, like, what do you, what do you do when you sell Our real estate? There's no real estate, like, right? You want to list your home? <laughs> and that's why, that's why he's supposed to stop. So my point is like, 
we are in a pandemic, the worst in a hundred years, and there's no houses for sale. Like watch the patterns, you guys, there's logic that you can actually use as you deduce certain things in this world. There's no houses for sale in a pandemic. It should be a buyer's market. Everyone should be foreclosing right now. If things were actually as horrible as they say, they are not as horrible as they say. Um, a lot of people believe that inflation is going to go out the roof, meaning home values are going to go up exponentially. I think we'll see three to five X over the next 10 years. That's, that's my prediction. And that's why I buy houses with 90% of my disposable income. And I have a $12 million portfolio. My goal is to get it up to a hundred million in the next five years. And if it five X is that's a half a billion dollars. So you guys can become billionaires that are listening, especially if you're young. Um, millionaire isn't cool anymore. If you watch the social network, I guess now it's a billion. So <laughs> as big of a world as you can dream, you can live. And that's my wish upon everyone. So thank you guys for listening. Sherry, JP, you guys were awesome today. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Thanks for Jeff. having us. All right, have a good one. Right, 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 right.